Today, we are joined by Elise DeCamp, VP of Acquisition for WeCommerce. We're going to be chatting about the evolution of commerce, acquisitions, and the power of community. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with BFCM planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Search for Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there, maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client store using Meet A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Meet A-B testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.meetab.com slash commerce dash T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T. Hello, good morning. How are you? I am great. I just love spending time with you guys. This is so fun. We love spending time with you. Hopefully we'll get to see you in the city. So nice. They named it twice. Absolutely. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. I'm so happy to hear that. And Shopify just opened a location there. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I actually was just emailing um, someone there today and I was like, oh, I really want to go. Over you there. have to go. You have I know. To. Report right. back to us. We want to know. I know. I know. I forget. Where is, is it? Is it like meatpacking? I should know this, right? I don't know the answer. I'm the wrong person to ask. I can text somebody to find out. Yes. <laughs> Both of us are like reaching for our phones. Uh, give me a minute. Let me find out the answer. So uh, we know. So for those listening, Shopify opened a, I, I, I want to call it like a retail space, but that's not really the right the right word. It's a, it's a lounge. It's a learning area. It's somewhere to gather. They have one in LA right now in the arts district. And they Google are- says Soho. Soho. Ooh, and they, that's right. Yeah. That's, and, that. and they opened another location in Soho in New York City. And I'm so excited- 
If the team in New York is anything like the team in LA, the team in LA is absolutely fantastic. Like I said, it's in downtown LA. It's a place called The Row. It's not reopened yet, but it's going to be reopening soon. There's like lots of good restaurants and stuff around. I go there a lot. Can you tell? I'm like, pre-COVID, I went there a lot. And I spoke a lot. I moved my mouth and I talked about SEO. So yeah, there's great events at this one in New York as well. I was looking at coming up. Looks amazing. They've got a couple community events coming up in September, and then they have workshops. About like 16 of them listed to the end of August. So you can go in and attend a workshop. Anything from like photography, shop by marketing, building pages, shipping, brand fundamentals, Shopify analytics. It, it's covering all kinds of really cool things. Uh, if you do want to learn more, we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's also ny.shopify.com. Okay. I believe in y'all. Y'all can do that. Okay. So anyways, like I said, Elisa's from uh, New York City and tell us who you are. What do you do? Etc. So I lead acquisitions at WeCommerce, which is a remote company. I'm actually the, well, we just brought on someone else in New York, which is really exciting um, to be on the data side. Um, But we acquire sort of Shopify ecosystem businesses, um, software businesses, service businesses in the agency and theme space. Um, And we actually just announced an acquisition last Friday of Archetype Themes which we are really excited about. So we're we're a big, happy family over here in the Shopify sort of world. Yay! Uh, archetype themes are some of my favorites to use with my clients. So merchants, if you're looking for a new theme. Super fast. Highly recommend. Checking yeah, out. fantastic. Congratulations on that acquisition. That is a great get. That is such a great get. So when you say you are the VP of acquisitions... Talk to me like I'm five. (laughs) What the heck does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that means that I am working with founders on sort of their financial investment strategy. So I have been a founder before um, and I have sold a business. And so what that means is we are looking to build a portfolio of great sort of e-com software enablement tools. So um, things that will help any brand sell on Shopify. So that could be sort of themes, which are very important to make your website look beautiful. That can be review software that helps you collect sort of um, reviews from your customers. Anything that's going to make your life easier as a brand, we want to bring into our sort of ecosystem. And so my job is to be founder facing and to talk to founders about um, what that could look like and sort of work out something that would make sense for them. So it's very broad because that can mean many different things. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome that it's very broad because I, I don't think that everyone's acquisition play is as broad. Fair. Totally fair. That I do think that is one of our benefits is that we do this. I've, I've probably talked about this before, um, but we have this like backwards first approach of like, I, I meet a founder. I think they're incredible. Um, I want to work with them. We sort of say, I say like, what can we do to do that? Like, I don't, is, is it a small investment? Is it like, you know, buying all, the majority of the business? Like what, what do you want? What can we do? Cause I like you. <laughs> I love that. I like you and you do rad stuff. Let me give you some money, please. Also, I'll take some of your business. Like, this is not just like, I'm not just giving you money. 
it's a little bit of a trade off. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you said that you had an exited e-commerce moment. Moment. Can you talk, can you talk about that? <laughs> I love it. That's your real housewives of New York is a moment. <laughs> it was a, it's a moment. Yeah, I was. So I was a brand. I, I had a e-com marketplace called Ocelot Market, and we sold artisan-made products from around the world. So um, it, it's a, well, it still exists to this day. But if you um, are looking to understand a bit more about like the artisan culture in Kenya, you go to the website. You go to Kenya, and you'll see the types of products that are made there, and you'll be able to see the story behind them, who makes them kind of like a, like a smaller version of like Etsy or like Amazon Handmade. There's there's actually now like many sort of different sort of marketplaces for this type of thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I launched that a few years ago um, and realized how incredibly hard it was to have a retail business. Mm. Um, and, and, it, and it was, but yet it was the best thing I've ever done. I loved um, operating this business. I, I built a small team in uh, Brooklyn. Um, we held inventory there. It was like a little, our little warehouse. Um, and it was great. It was a great experience, but it was incredibly hard. And I think one of the things that I learned is like, you know, starting a business hard, running a business hard, selling a business is really freaking hard and people don't quite talk about it enough. And I'm really happy that there is a bit more of a movement now, um, towards these conversations of like, what, what is your plan outside of like raising venture capital? Um, there's many different ways to go about it. And, um, you know, it takes a, a village and a team to sort of help with that process. So it's something that both Rian and I are, we love talking about because both of our businesses are bootstrapped as in like our individual business. And then our new super secret business is also bootstrapped. So and commerce is, is bootstrapped. We're just, we're just, yeah, we're just, bootstrapped. it's just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel the same way. My parents had bootstrapped businesses, but they just called them businesses back There's then. Yeah, businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a label applied. Yeah. 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 So I, I love it. I mean, I think it's it's so freaking hard. It's really hard, um, but it's so worthwhile. You know, you don't really have, have to sort of answer to anyone. You get to sort of call the shots and it's it's difficult, but it's so worthwhile to do that. Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous. Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It sounds great. What else can it do? With Gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize the responses with things like an order or tracking number. This will allow your support team to focus on complex questions. Brands like Olipop, Deathwish Coffee, and Steve Madden have reduced their response times and increased efficiencies. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? Check out Gorgeous by visiting commercetea.com forward slash gorgeous and try Gorgeous for free for two months. Again, that's commercetea.com forward slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Okay, so this is a total pivot in, in topics, but I wanted to talk about something I saw in an email from Retail Brew today. Uh, there is a... Uh, 
a, a woman uh, who used to work at a dental office and she quit and is now full-time selling masks and uh, vaccine card holders on Etsy. And I feel like this is such a fun topic to talk about overall, not maybe specifically what she's selling, but the fact that this is a brand new business that came out of the current state of the world and especially the nation, given that they are CDC focused, like US cards. But she she's selling anywhere between 50 to 75 orders a day and up to 800 orders a week. So she's crushing it. She's crushing it. <laughs> And I feel like this is such a fun thing to think about. Like what other businesses, like ideas have come from just the changing no times, wh- whether it's COVID we're talking about or just like new technologies that have appeared and people are like embracing that. I mean, think about like my business, Rian's business, this podcast, it's all thanks to Shopify becoming a thing. <laughs> it's true. Without without Shopify becoming a thing, uh, none of us would actually be here I right now. I don't know so, what yeah. I would be doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing either. Am I, would I still be building on WordPress? Yes. Oh, God. That's a little bit of a terrifying thought. I'd probably still be in banking. Oh, <laughs> let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Terrible thought. Let us nothing know. good will come from this. Nothing good. So, okay. So, yeah, let's talk about this needs-driven commerce. Like, what are your thoughts? Especially because you come from, you know, marketplaces. You have this this exit from a marketplace. And the, this this woman's doing this business on Etsy, uh, right, Kel? And so, yeah, let's talk about, like, what, it, what would you say your predictions are? Or do we think that this is kind of roles? Is this one of those, okay, let me look at Google Trends and build for it? Is this, hey, I'm foreseeing a marketplace opportunity or a space in the market? What What are your thoughts? I think like the first layer of this is that like marketplaces are enabling this type of entrepreneurship, which we all know, and we've seen for a long time, um, which is incredible. It's, it's sort of shocking to even think about just how quickly, I, I think that's what's so like crazy to me is how quickly you can become an entrepreneur and, and sort of be a part of the creator economy, um, which is like the VC hot topic right now. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, the, the, the fact that you can do that quite so rapidly, I think is what's really shocking about this. And I don't know... I think it's super empowering, obviously. It's incredible that she's able to quit her job and do this. It's interesting to think about what the the future looks like and, yeah, how quickly, like, someone's life could change and what what do they do from that? I I think a lot of of new businesses come from established needs. Like, that's that's pretty typical, uh, like, merchant history story, like, company origin story of, like, I kept on experiencing this lack of something and I needed nobody else built it. So I built it. And I feel like this is like this one example in particular, this woman who is selling these things on Etsy is a perfect example of like, I don't want to lose my vaccine card. Where else am I going to put it? Let me put it in this beautiful holder that it's not going to get damaged. And, you know, like early on, they're like, 
you should laminate your card as soon as you're done. Now they're like, booster shots. And, and <laughs> now I don't know what to do with it anymore. This could be a great alternative for that. Yeah. Yeah. You mean I shouldn't uh, put my vaccine cards inside of my passport and just put my passport in my bag and hope? <laughs> I mean, how many people have lost their vaccine card by now? Let's be... Probably... I- tweeted about that last week. I'm very curious. (laughs) Probably many, probably many. But you know what, Kelly, to your, to your point about this and and at least to your point about this, uh, regarding finding a a space in the market that you want to fill, it's not really filled and then building for it. I'm kind of obsessed with companies that do this at, and as it pertains to an incumbent company. So like the, those disruptors, I know I sound super, I've been in San Francisco for like five days and I'm just going to use a bunch <laughs> of buzzwords now, but like there's, it, it's like these disruptors coming in and being like, no, not you. We're going to do it better. And we're finding this need in the market. And I always think of this brand called Jolin. Kelly has heard me talk about them a million times. <laughs> They're a swimwear company and they went into the market and they went into Southern California first, smart. And they they started doing pop-ups at like swim events, right? And they're taking on, keep in mind, Speedo and TYR and like Nike. <laughs> like that's, that's not an easy nut to crack. That's like saying, I am shooting at Facebook and I'm going <laughs> to win. But they have one. And so it's been this really interesting, cool thing to see. And we've seen this like with Alpers. We've seen it with Figs. We've seen it with, I can now just start naming companies that are going public. But I'm very fascinated with when do you know that that market is ripe for disruption? Like a way. When when was a way like, no, my $300 suitcase is better than your $600 suitcase. These are both at a premium. That I think was was sort of, I don't think it's always like this, but riding like a Google search trend wave towards travel. Like that, mm. there had to be some like data driven sort of backing based on that timing. I think other ones is tricky. Like I think about, yeah, like Andy Swim. I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. of Andy. Yeah, I think like- I, as Somersault. Somersault, yeah. As, as a founder and op- entrepreneur, I, or I guess like Adore Me, like, I don't know, these sort of like, older industries that are very established, like people have been going to Victoria's Secret for their underwear. Third love. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, like what, you know, I would be scared as hell as a founder to like start a business in those industries, you know? Yeah, I, and I, and there's I totally always like a risk that. to it. And and that's, you know, as an entrepreneur, whether you're entering a new market or entering an existing market, that risk is always going to be there. That's part of being an entrepreneur, but, you know, if you believe in what you're selling, you're believing your product and you have proven that there is a, a customer demand for it. And of course, you have the financing to be able to test it out and build it out, whatever. I think it's I think it's so cool to see these companies taking these chances because they didn't not all these companies started with like super deep pockets either. And I would say if you don't have a super deep pocket, which most people do not, how do you balance and at least I think your expertise here might come in real handy. <laughs> How do you balance, like, I want to build this cool thing. Like, I want to build these doodads uh, for holding CDC cards, which I assume are just clear doodads. I don't know what they look like. How how are you like, okay, I need $1,000. So not even like a ton, but like $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 to do this run. Where do you get the money from? 
Or do you just hope you have it on credit card? Oh, this is not financial advice. I don't know what the asterisk this is. This is not financial <laughs> advice. Elise and I are not uh, eligible to give financial exactly. advice. This is not I financial am. advice. We are not licensed. Nor is Kelly is not licensed either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly be like, I am like, no, you're not licensed. That, that was like on early days in Clubhouse where people are like, let me give you financial advice. I'm like, bro, you are not eligible. No. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. How do you mute? How do I mute? Yeah. <laughs> I do think like, I mean, you've heard the stories of founders that have taken on credit card debt and like, you know, took that risk for something that they believe in. I, there's alternative lenders out there, which is great. But like, obviously they are, they're sort of lending to you based on sort of your personal status. So like I, I'm a proponent of like, you know, being really mindful before you start something and like keeping your full-time job as long as you can Mm -hmm. and like just really de-risking every aspect of a business before you like plunge all the way in. So I have a question for you, follow up. Uh, In our industry, and by our industry, I mean software, themes, etc. I feel like there's two schools of thought. There's one, you should only be working on one startup at a time. And if you're not, you're messing up. Or two, you should do the thing that keeps making you money while you're working on starting up the thing. But the problem is, is when you're starting up the thing and you're not full time, it's very difficult to get financing and funding for it. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? Or do you think that the, that the venture capital landscape is going to change because they've realized that uh, people can do more than one thing at a time? Yeah, I think my my hope is that the venture capital landscape has changed. Like, I think it's really, um, I think it has changed. I think that there was this sort of perspective of privilege, I think, that was had in venture capital to think that someone could not have, you know, have enough money to support themselves while they work on an idea for like a year, six months. Like, I think it's unfair to come from that perspective and assume that like, I think that there's changes happening within venture capital, like in this regard and others that are more realistic with the reality of the world. Um, but that's like sort of my optimistic take on it. And I think that, you know, I think people are more understanding that like you, you might be working on multiple things at once. I think it's, obviously overwhelming to hear about a founder that has 10 different ideas and is working on all of them. But I don't know. I also think that like the, some of the best founders are, are doing that. They're just, they are idea people, they're product people, and they're just like excited about many things at one time. I know I am. So I, I don't think it's necessarily like a, like an optimistic view of it. I think it's also, you know, if you're going to accept funding from somebody, you want them to be a good match for you and believe in you as a person and believe in your ability to straddle between two things or whatever you're doing, because that is who you are. And for them to be like, no, nah, you got to quit whatever you're doing. Otherwise, if you want my money, then they, they don't truly believe in everything that you're doing. And okay, so I, I said maybe that's op- not optimistic, that's whatever, but maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm also an optimist. I don't know. I just have expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it gets to a point, right? But being sort of aligned on what that point is with your investor is really important. We're talking a little bit of financing. We're talking, we're not going to go into the how, what, when, where, because we don't have time for that. 
But let's talk a little bit about the Shopify community, which has been a recipient of many exits and many venture capital dollars recently. What do you love about the Shopify community? Because WeCommerce is only in the Shopify community, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, never say never, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, never say you won't diversify because you very well may. <laughs> <laughs> Nature of the world we live in, diversification is a good thing. Yeah. But we love the community. I mean, I feel like I've, was so cheesy, I feel like I've grown up here. No, it's been like really cool to watch it expand and grow um, in the past. Like, I don't know how long, I don't want to age myself. But um, it's, I've been here for eight years. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. While. We're like, yeah, we're yeah. Same, same, same. Okay. Um, You're like yeah. e-commerce grandmas. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of lame. I'm like, what, what happened here? Like, Not lame, more experience. <laughs> like, I've, I caught myself the other day being like this because I talked to a like had to be 22 year old founder that sort of hadn't really been spending a lot of time in e-commerce. Um, and so I caught myself being sort of like, well, in my head, being like, well, does he know about this partnership and that partnership? Because like, you should. And so anyways, I, this is anti the community because it's been <laughs> such, uh, how I was thinking is just the opposite because it's really been such an open, um, open community. Everyone's so sort of, I feel like supportive of one another and communicative about what they're working on. Um, and, and as a result, there is this sort of like, there is consolidation, but I think it is friendly consolidation and, um, yeah, there isn't like a ton of like uncomfortable competition. There's competition, but it feels healthy. Exactly. You know, especially, you know, in the agency space, I have moved up markets since I started the tap room since before I started the tap room and I was just freelancing for Shopify full time, uh, or on Shopify rather not for Shopify. And my competitors have changed over time naturally as I've, you know, been taking on larger projects. But even to this day, we can be competing on the same, like, project, the same RFP, and still talk about it together. That's pretty... That's because pretty we can also, like, commiserate over the dumb questions that are being asked <laughs> on the RFP. <laughs> Tell me well, how you really you feel. Say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I, I think that's the case. But it's it's crazy how quickly like software com- competition is changing. I mean, oh yeah. With Shopify Unite sort of um changing the um what's the word I'm looking for? The the twenty percent? The twenty percent. Uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you like I don't even know what it's called? I'm I like commission, commission. Everyone got a raise. Everyone got a twenty percent. Everyone got a raise. And so it just gets, it's just hard to even think of that this is going to become more like a bigger community and, but it will, it 100% will, that they made like a, a big sort of splash with that. So I think they've, they've put in the the work to form more of a community feel over competition. Like they, they've intentionally made, you know, the partner meetups and things like that. So you're talking to each other. That's not, I mean, you see partner meetups in other you know, e-commerce communities, whatever as well. I don't know how many of them are like driven by what you have, like the, the commonality there, as opposed to just like some partners getting together. I, you don't, I've been spending some time like looking in the Amazon ecosystem and I don't think you have that. I don't know yet. I'm not certain, but does not feel that way. 
I can't say I've ever seen anything about it. I've seen big commerce. Definitely WooCommerce and WordPress have all kinds of communities. Uh, I'm sure Magento does. Not that I pay much attention to Magento these days. Or sorry, Adobe Commerce Cloud? <laughs> is that Salesforce Commerce Cloud? Adobe? I don't know what they call it. I don't know. This it's, is why I build on Shopify. It's, I have I, to remember one word. <laughs> I will say one thing that's really cool about the community is there's, I would say there's one app that directly competes with one of Ventolf's apps and or one company that really competes directly with one of Ventolf's apps and they're kind of like old hats, so to speak, like us. And we are friends. Like we are friends, 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 get on the phone and talk friends. And it's just like, hey, are y'all trending up? Yeah, awesome. Fist bump, kill it. Like it's just so positive. (laughs) It's just like, hey, I'm so stoked for y'all. Like it's always just positive vibes. And that may sound corny, but when a community is uh, built around positivity and everybody winning, it changes the conversations that we have. Like I have a friend who's about to launch an app company and he called me for advice on like how to do advisory stuff. We talked for a while about it and it's just, I don't know. You're just like, this is awesome. Go you. I want you to win. Crush it. I don't know. And that's it. And you're just like, yeah, like high five, have fun. Let me know if you have questions along the way. Like let's, let's build. Well, I think there's also this, like, there's typically a rise in each sector, like, as a group, you know? Like, I feel like that happened with reviews um, in software landscape. I feel like Mm -hmm. that happened with SMS. Um, I feel like maybe that will start to happen with, um, I don't know, quizzes. I I don't know. But um, I think there's something about sort of, like, the, the volume of apps coming together and working together to, like, really, like, educate uh, educate sort of tough word, um, introduce new ways to increase sales to brands. Because at the end of the day, we're all working for the same mission, which is to help merchants grow their business. We could talk to you all day, but our listeners have a an amount of time that they will listen to us for, <laughs> which like I get it. I talk a lot. So I, I've got a question for you. Do you have a story you want to shout out this week? Oh my gosh, I knew you were going to ask me this. You know, I should have come prepared with like a friend's store to shout out, but I didn't. And I'm going to shout out to ruggable.com. Oh my God, I love ruggable. I'm moving right now. And I spend like way much, like a lot of time on there right now. I bought a fuzzy ruggable rug at the beginning of the pandemic. The sha- you know, like the shaggy ones? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've washed it three times. It's still white, which as we know, a white rug. mm, I've got a teenager. Uh Yeah, I'm obsessed. All my rugs are rugs. And it's like fluffy too. It's fluffy. It's like a shag. It looks like one of those Lamy rugs, uh, (laughs) but it's not a Lamy rug. Yes, because I like you you using your hands. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm showing fuzz. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you just take off the top and you throw it in the washer, washing machine. That's that's incredible. That's yeah. exactly what I need. I, I having a dog, it's just like impossible it, to have exactly. nice things. It and is. this is life. I've I've just decided that I can't have nice things, but it makes me feel good that I can have like I just don't have to worry about it. I'm I'm just getting a bazillion ruggable rugs. 
I love it. Yeah, I same. I'm never getting a ruggable rug. I'm never getting a rug that isn't ruggable. <laughs> exactly. Rugs are so expensive. Also, look, when you become an adult, there's a few things nobody tells you. One, why are couches two thousand dollars? Unbelievable. Uh, why are blinds <laughs> so much money? Are- Unbelievable. I mean, I have I have a I have a three bedroom apartment. I, I've okay. This is now I'm like TMI here, but um, I live in like a maybe 200 square foot like little studio in New York right now, um, and I am moving into a three bedroom apartment and with zero furniture because I have, like, like like there's nothing here. Like there's literally. I have a desk. I'm <laughs> that and you're sitting it. at. Um, exactly. But otherwise, like, that's it. And so it's just, like, alarming to me. I, I dreamed of this moment. And now all of a sudden I'm like, well, I didn't wasn't aware of what that means, <laughs> that I have to have furniture to put in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish me luck. <laughs> yeah, mattresses also. Like, I appreciate yep. Casper for disrupting the market. But can we go, like, a little bit down <laughs> in the price? Yeah, where's the disruption on that? Yeah, on that <laughs> now Casper is the incumbent. <laughs> they, they need to redisrupt the my mattress. Industry. Yeah, disrupt <laughs> your own business. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the cheapest products possible. Oh my gosh, please. So speaking of expensive, I already know what Kelly's going to shout out. So speaking of expensive in-home things, Kelly, over to you. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I know I've shouted out this store before, but I want to bring it back up again because I have been browsing and I've noticed how great their product pages are. And that's why I'm shouting it out. Uh, it's Peloton Apparel. So oh. Peloton has an apparel shop uh, that's separate from their main store where you actually buy the bike. Uh, it's just apparel.onepeloton.com. But they do so many things right on their product page. So kind of a unique situation with them, given that they have Peloton instructors. They have the instructors model the clothes, but they also have other people model the clothes as well. They also pull in Peloton members who submit their own photos to show them wearing the apparel as well. They've got the reviews. They've got really strong products descriptions that are easy, easily, easy to read, like a paragraph up front and then the bullet points below. And I am going to be spending some money very soon. <laughs> So you're saying UGC works. UGC works. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because the Peloton stuff, this is maybe way too much information for this shout out, but they carry other brands. It's not like they're all just Peloton brands. So like With is a brand that they have like sports bras and leggings and things like that. And you never know how they're going to fit. It's yeah. one of those things that are that's kind of difficult to buy online unless you have very detailed information about measurements and being able to see how the fit usually goes is really important for any kind of apparel business. So that's why it's super useful. But I still end up like going to one of the Peloton community Facebook pages and search for the brand name and see how people feel about it before buying. <laughs> Until I get one of each at least. Oh, I You're word. like an active researcher. I am. Yeah. Especially when I'm spending $92 on leggings, Just, you know. I could go to, to Old Navy and buy the twenty or the, the the eighteen dollar leggings or whatever, which I have plenty of those as well. But I'm that person that likes to wear Peloton apparel while riding my Peloton. I want to see all the tools that they're using on their website. <laughs> yeah, what's in your e-commerce stack, Peloton? They're also built on Shopify, so there's that. Oh, maybe we can look under the hood. Probably not that far though. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> there, there are definitely things that I can find right. There's definitely things. Okay. Rian, what is your shout out? 
Okay, I can't decide. Uh, so I, for everyone listening, I've actually been taking the last week off as just a, I was getting burnt out. So I was like, let me have a moment so I don't totally burn up. Let me, let me take a break. So I've done some shopping. No. <laughs> like I had to predicate it with, therefore I did some shopping. <laughs> and I think I'm going to call out, Kelly's called it out before. And I kind of thought Kelly was a little bit bonkers for being as into this brand as she hey, is. I'm so excited. I'm typing it out before you say it. However, I was in Santa Cruz. I think it was in Santa Cruz. And I saw a Viore, how do you pronounce Viori. it? Viore store. And I was like, let me go see what this hype's about. Let me go touch the stuff. <laughs> and I'm showing, I'm showing the ladies right now. I Ooh, literally wearing the same ones. <laughs> no. They're so I live in these. They're so I, great. For the price. For the price, I was like, this better be some like Lululemon level comfort. And I'm not saying it's more comfortable than Lululemon, but I am for sweats. Wow. And I'm like a Lulu queen. Like I have so much stuff. So anyways, vo- vo- I can't say it. Vori. Viori. Them. Viori. Same I just say it really fast and hope it works. And then... And then I want to also just give a shout out, and it's not a store, it was an experience. Disney Plus did an activation over the weekend in San Francisco between some of the peers, and I don't know their names. And it was a, it was a COVID-friendly outside activation. And this was the first activation I've been to that's been COVID-friendly because I haven't really left my house. And this was, the way they did it just made sense. And I think... It was a good, I, I, I'm sure there's pictures and stuff and they're doing a tour of it, but it was just really nice to see Disney adapting to where we're at, as opposed to them trying to like wedge in a moment that doesn't work. It was really perfect. And I had a really great time doing it. And if it comes to your city, I would recommend checking it out because it was fun and you get Mickey ears. <laughs> Are they going to be on tour? It's going to go be everywhere? They told, they told me that they were, the the folks at the activation were like, yeah, we're this is a travel thing. So I, I assume so. And you know how they get you in? Genius. They give you itty bitty hand sanitizers. Like they're on the street yeah. and they're like, hey, we're doing an activation. Do you want some hand san- sanitizers? And you're like, yeah, obviously I want hand sanitizers. Like I can't get enough of them in my life ever. And then they're like, also, we're doing this activation. If you want to come back here and it was set back like, quite a while I don't know uh, space but like it was set back quite a while from the street and it was just really excellently executed so yeah so I did two shout outs I have some maybe bad news I just looked it up and they only have two dates on there San Francisco which is the one you went to in LA August 13th and 14th last question where can we find you on the internet oh gosh you can find me on Twitter. I think it's Elise at WeCom. Yeah, that's the handle. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. This was so much fun. I know. You guys are the best. So thanks for tuning in and thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. You can visit at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy, especially when they are positive reviews. Please and thank you.
You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.